In this episode, Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs explores how to start a business on a shoestring budget. As a startup, you may have limited cash flow, and there are a range of resources that are available at a low cost or even for free. However, there are expenses that require expertise that could save you from future headaches. Candice, our accountant in the group, speaks on this. Sometimes having an hour up front saves you plenty of time and pain on the back end and money. Time and pain and money on the back end because you've been pointed in the right direction by somebody that knows what they're talking about. At the start of your business, contracts and terms when outsourcing work is important. Nina shares what to look out for. For service agreements, when you're hiring someone, you need to really read those service agreements and make sure you always own your information. Whatever's the content you have, you own it. And some of the fine print and some of the free uh, platforms is that you don't own it. So you have to be cautious there. As far as like, you know, there's some things, if you're doing a service agreement for customers, there's there's drafts online, there's examples online. Insurance compliance and risk management can also give you peace of mind. Some people won't do business with you unless you have mm-hmm. liability insurance. And some people cannot get liability insurance because of what's happened in recent years, or mm-hmm. they just won't they just won't do it for you. It is possible to start a business with less upfront investment. You'll learn in this episode what you can manage on your own, what requires professional support, and what are non-negotiables. Perhaps you are starting your own business this year or know someone who could benefit from this podcast. The goal, as usual, is to bring you and others some serenity now. Let's take a listen. Welcome to another episode of Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. Today, we are going to wrap up some ideas that we have mentioned in every single episode about how do you find the right mentor or how do you find the right advisor and how do we do that? But then we're also speaking to entrepreneurs who are startups. And then how do you afford to do this when you don't have a revenue stream yet? We are going to be chatting about starting up with a shoestring budget and the ideas that the Serenity Sisters um, will be able to bring to you may give you some serenity. So we're going to start off with Nina um, in marketing, because I think this is an area, even for my own business, I struggled with like, oh, do I need to have X number of dollars in my bank account to do websites and, and have graphics and do social media? So Nina, what are your thoughts as a professional marketer? Well, we always say it's important to have your advisors, your trusted advisors in every podcast. And this is how this topic came up. And so it's great to have a good marketing professional, a good accountant, a lawyer, all of these things. But where do you spend your money initially when you're starting up? When you have a limited budget, where do you spend those dollars? And I, even though I'm the marketing person, I would say it's not always on marketing. Do not go and design a $10,000 logo for your new company when you haven't learned if you're viable yet and you don't have a lawyer or an accountant. So there are some areas that are going to be more important. And there's some things you can do for marketing that are on a shoestring budget. So you, you can design your own logo. You can go to Fiverr. You can start with a Facebook page um, as a website, as opposed to an actual website. You can operate on Shopify or some of the free platforms as a starting point. So there's some things that you could do there in terms of marketing. It is important still to put your best foot forward to attract your target market. So those things are important. And you do have to realize that if you're paying, you know, 
the same amount as you would for a happy meal as your logo, your expectations have to be lowered a little bit. So <laughs> you can't expect the most amazing logo ever. The other thing is that if you do spend a lower amount as a starting point, you can always level up later. You can revamp your logo. You can revamp a website. So just to have a starting point first to launch And that can be done on a shoestring budget. And then as your company grows, as that revenue starts coming in, put a certain amount aside for marketing and keep improving. Nina, I like what you said about the shoestring budget operating on a on a, a basically free basis, getting your logo, getting your um, free sort of social media advertising that re- resonates with me because with marketing, you can always go back and, and pay someone later to do a fancy logo and all that. But you got to get out there. You got to get started. And that's that's great advice for our listeners. Yeah. And I think you don't always have a true definition of your target market in the beginning. So spending all that money on uh, a logo up front when you're just starting up, you might evolve and change right at the beginning. And so as you're fine tuning who your target market is, then you will grow into what your logo needs to look like. And so you can go from there. There's also some great apps like Canva and things like that where you can start developing your own. Not everyone is creative, but there's lots of templates out there. And there there are starting points and you can always start simple. So you can put a little sweat equity into it. Exactly. Okay, that exactly. sounds good. That sounds good. So where I feel there's resources that are available um, beyond, you know, just tactical um, operational things is getting the advice and the correct advice that you need to run your startup. And so there are many resources available, like their accelerators, or what we call incubators. Um, Often these are programs that are paid for by the government. um, And they're available in pretty much every country. Um, So you might be a listener from somewhere else um, and not here in Canada. And what uh, these resources include could be mentorship groups or direct one-on-one mentorship. Here in Canada, there are programs for young entrepreneurs as well as for women entrepreneurs. Um, And there are one for rural entrepreneurs as well. And so it's really important to take a look at uh, those types of programs because that's where you can get ideas on, is this idea viable? Who should you be speaking to? Who are the right advisors to then go to? What are the right uh, areas in your business that you really need to be spending your first dollars on? I really like that, Stephanie, because I think some people don't realize um, the services that are available and, and in our communities. So as the accountant, I'm going to say that accounting is one of the areas that you should not scrimp on. Time and time again, I have spent time with clients that have tried to go the inexpensive route up front, and it ends up costing them more money than if they had done it right to begin with. Sometimes having an hour up front saves you plenty of time and pain on the back end and money, time and pain and money on the back end, because you've, you've been pointed in the right direction by somebody that knows what they're talking about. Find somebody that is an expert in their field. Use, you know, my preference is somebody that's designated in that field to help you get in the right direction. Maybe they can't help you build out a 10 point plan, but at least they can help you avoid some of the greater pitfalls um, that many entrepreneurs fall into when they're starting their first business. And you know, the neighbor's kid that just started their own bookkeeping business is probably not going to have the same level of experience and knowledge as somebody that's been working and has, you know, been trained and educated in accounting and tax. 
and I say may because you know maybe maybe they you know are are great self study, but history says that the person that has the the education and the and the experience is the person to go to. So that doesn't mean you have to go to a national you know firm, firm yeah yeah big firm, but find somebody with the right experience and whatever you have to do, get that advice um, up front and spend your money there. Candice, I'm just going to ask you, just trying to put myself in the shoes of a startup. You're talking about advice that I need, but I don't know what advice I need. What are the areas that I need advice in? When I come to an accountant, what am I actually asking you for? So when I'm working with new businesses, the thing that we cover the most frequently with people that are new to business is how should they structure their business? Should they be a proprietor or should they incorporate? Many people think that they have to go right to being incorporated right away. And sometimes that is the answer, but sometimes it just brings a whole level of cost that is not necessary up front. Good advice then. It does not take a lot of time to get incorporated. And if you don't need to be there to begin with, then don't go there. Save yourself. You can save yourself the cost that way. But I'm guessing that setting up your bookkeeping in the right way saves money, lots of money down the road, no matter if you're a proprietor or if you're an incorporated company. Absolutely. That's the second thing that I see most frequently is not separating your business from your personal expenses. You're paying for business expenses from a personal account and you're paying and you're spending for personal reasons out of your business account or Worse, you don't even have separate accounts. So this is another big area where I see um, pain at the beginning of a business. Mm, good advice there, Candace. And what about what about structure, like ownership structure? That's something that most new business owners don't even contemplate. Yeah, and that's and that's the proprietorship cor- incorporated thing. I mean, obviously. I mean, situations where I would advise incorporation sooner rather than later because there's other better reasons to incorporate, but is if there's unrelated people doing the business together. But if you're on your own, the, the, the real reasons that you would incorporate right at the beginning is because there's a liability issue that you can't cover off with insurance or because you want to save tax. So those are the two main reasons to incorporate at the beginning of a business. And if you're on your own and you're not in a high liability industry, then operating the first six months, the year until you really have cash flow coming in may not be the best option. And I say may, because it depends on your situation. You really do need to get the advice. Rita, tell us a little bit more about other areas that you don't want to be scrimping and saving on when you're a startup. Yeah, no, I, I I love the advice that has been given by all, um, you know, sometimes people say, well, yeah, how do I start with marketing and don't I have to go with a big firm? And I love that you're giving lots of different options, Nina. The tons of resources that are out there sometimes can actually be mind boggling. So perhaps we'll share some links to some different uh, resources in, in the various provinces in Canada as well. And and Candice, I agree with everything you said. I'm so happy. And, and I will double ensure that everybody that's listening, please spend at least a minimum of one hour with a strong tax accountant. Even if you don't think you need it, here's what happens. Um, most people set up a business to be successful right? That's the goal. So if you want to be success- successful, that means you're going to be making money. 
And what do you do with that money? And what's the best way to keep that money? And that's why you talk to a Candace. <laughs> <laughs> the liability issue uh, is, is a whole different realm, and that could take a long time to discuss and walk through. And I typically argue with accountants because they say until you hit this X amount of revenues, then then you don't need to worry about being incorporated. And then uh, and then you can kind of go from there. So so what I recommend is what Candace has just recommended, which is basically look at the industry that you're in. If you are in a high risk industry, which which I am in, which is in in the um, advisory services and specifically on finance, then you need to set up that protection immediately and you go seek that out. And it's not just about protection for you. We're talking about talking to legal about contracts for employees. So if you decide to set up an employee, that might not happen right away. But before you hire that employee, take that one hour consult with a lawyer and say, how would I, or what are the things that I want to look for for setting up a contract for my employee? The other thing goes to with your client. Talk to the lawyer again about how would I set up an engagement letter for a client if you're in the service industry? You know, there are best practices. It doesn't mean you need to pay them for a whole thing, but at least start with that. So that's where I would at least start. And then as you grow, you now already have somebody you're working with that you can turn back to or lean on. And let's say you are becoming more and more successful, then great. Now you can trigger some more pieces of advice. And then Candice, you touched upon the whole thing of separating out your stuff. So it might seem hard to set up a bank account, but you must set up a bank account. You've got to set up a business bank account. It's one of the first things you need to go out and do. It's actually not too hard. <laughs> and if you're just setting up as a sole prop, again, it, it, it is a little bit easier. And it might be, well, why do I need two different cards? Why do I need two different accounts? It's very frustrating. Well, honestly, at the end of the year, <laughs> as Candace and I can attest to, you will be so happy. And just use the business for business and the personal for personal. And some of this might sound very basic to some of our listeners, but sitting on this side of the table where we've been for so long, 26 years now, it's just that we've seen it time and time again. And and they will save you in the long run. So shoestring budget is, you know, shoestring for certain pieces. But remember, there are pieces of risk that you cannot, you cannot say, let's do shoestring on that. So we want to make sure we're investing in some time with your legal side, with your tax side, and you can actually call the bankers. You can actually call advisors like myself. And most of us will say, we're doing an hour for free. A lot of people aren't aware of that because on this side of the table, we also want to get to know you at the same time you want to get to know us. And we might not be a good fit. And most of the people that are in my position and the rest of the ladies here, we actually just want to see our entrepreneurial community succeed. That doesn't mean we have to bill for every hour. That doesn't mean we have to charge for every last thing. We're actually happy to see more people come in to the entrepreneurial community and move them out. Awesome, Rita. That's great advice. You know, I wanted to go back to um, the agreements. We talked about, I think before this podcast began, we talked about service agreements. We talked about things with technology because right now everybody's going to end up entering into service agreements. I know how important it is to understand those agreements because, you know, in our haste to get our company set up, to get our websites, to get our domains, etc., we need to read the fine print. I'm going to pass that one to Nina because she does help companies establish their online presence and some of the things that you've encountered with new companies. 
Yeah, there's a few things there. For service agreements, when you're hiring someone, you need to really read those service agreements and make sure you always own your information. Whatever the content you have, you own it. And some of the fine print and some of the free platforms is that you don't own it. So you have to be cautious there. As far as like, you know, there's some things if you're doing a service agreement for customers, there's drafts online, there's examples online. If you don't have a lawyer and you want to put a legal disclaimer on your website, go and look at somebody else's and copy and paste, you know, disclaimer that you got to do what you got to do, throw a copyright on there, throw your legal disclaimer on there. There's certain things you can get by on. But one thing you cannot get by on is owning your own content and knowing where your content is. So you need to know where your domain name is. You need to make sure you have primary access to it and you're allowing admin access to other people. And so that whatever you're paying for, whether it's your logo, whether it's a website that you own it, you have access to it, you know where those files are. And that's that's really important when you've spent even even a few dollars. (laughs) Right. And and I remember a situation where I had a tech person within my firm leave. And when he left, the passwords went with him. Passwords are a huge component of that information that you need to keep close track of. And we sometimes in our day to day forget about it because someone's handling it so nicely. But there should be a vault within the company and all those passwords should be in that vault. And you should keep it up to date. And you should Obviously, you know, that's something you need to touch on yourself. Even though you've trusted someone in the company, you, you need to you need to have a handle on that. You have to have a safe place for it. I can't tell you how many times I've created passwords for clients and immediately copied them on it, have sent it to their admin person, said to keep this in a safe place. And six months later, I get a frantic call because somebody can't get into something because they never saved it. And now I have to look it up in my files and, and they're uh, lucky you're there. And they're lucky I haven't been hit yeah. by a bus and I can still <laughs> yeah. get it to them. Yes. That could have happened, you know. And now where do you? Where it's does an that important part you? of it. Yeah, it, it's really important to keep track of your own information in a safe spot. Do not count on your service provider. That goes for marketing. That goes for accounting, like QuickBooks or whatever you're having done, whatever service you're having done. Make sure you have access to what has been completed. And, and ownership. Tech, it, tech, it, like, tech's a big one. Ownership, for sure. There's one other thing that people don't think about until after the fact or think they need to look at and like when they're way bigger. And that's the topic of insurance. And again, an insurance advisor is someone that you can chat with in advance and have a discussion about what kind of business you're setting up, what are the concerns or risks, and they're happy to have that discussion. And most of the ones that we work with will just simply say, you're not ready yet. Or guess what's happened in the industry? Because they know what's going on. They've seen the different things that are coming up. And they might say, you need to do this now. So don't forget about insurance which is usually something that's always in the back of the of the last thing. Insurance is so important. Some people won't do business with you unless you have mm-hmm. liability insurance. And some people cannot get liability insurance because of what's happened in recent years or mm-hmm. they just won't do it for you. So well, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. One of the things that we've come across recently, because we do work with the government and have um, work with large institutions as well, it's not just the liability piece. It's the 
the coverages, yeah. error and emissions. You've also got your cyber and security issues mm-hmm. with the level of stuff that we deal with. So yeah. it's not just those pieces. And it's like, okay, and what limit do you have? Yeah. And is that limit sufficient now versus what it was even six months ago? Mm-hmm. So so those, again, are, are things to make sure that you consider. And again, you can have a conversation. And, and again, then when you're ready to pull that trigger they'll tell you that, or they might be following up with you. So I really, really appreciate the advice that's been given out in the insurance side. And let me tell you, there's a lot of changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember sure. years and years ago when we first signed up for insurance and I kind of threw in, yeah, do, do you want theft insurance? You know, and so I was like contents insurance, I think it's called. And so I'm like, oh, how much is it? Yeah, yeah, another $200 or whatever it was. Sure, we'll do it. Well, years later, I forget about it. We get our office broken into. Everything is stolen, all of our equipment. Yeah, down to like, I'm surprised I didn't take pictures of my family. <laughs> like, <laughs> I took everything. And so, and I was in a panic for about five minutes till I realized, oh, okay, we're covered. It was still a pain in the ass, but, you know, at least we had that. But that was set up from the beginning and we didn't need it for years. But when we did, it had been set up and that extra, those extra dollars every year, mm-hmm. they saved us, I don't know, I think it was like $20,000 wow. in equipment. So that's a great example of why you want to say hi right away. One of the things this past year, in the past six months, three different government contracts that we've been working with for almost a decade now, all of them said they've had to change the rules. What we need is we need a copy of this. And because I could send it to them literally as I got off the phone or while I was on the phone, because, you know, don't multitask, but I do it. They were like, great, you're approved again. You're done. We can qualify you. And everybody else had to wait because they didn't have the right limits. But I talked to the insurance advisors, you know, every other month. And so we've been raising and keeping up with the industry norm and standards. So that allowed me to get three contracts that somebody else didn't get. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode with the final touch points, I like to call it, um, and that's our quick fire. And so with our quick fire, we go around the table and we offer either a next extra piece of advice that we weren't able to get in earlier or echo something that maybe somebody else had said earlier. So maybe I'll start off. I usually don't start off. I'll kick this off. What I feel is really important is understanding what you need to be spending your dollars on initially. You're always going to have some form of startup, you of funds, you know, you, whether it's your own savings or if it's an investor, making sure that your financial and your legal are set up properly, and then finding other ways to be creative with things like your marketing it might be an area and doing your own business development, you know, not necessarily hiring a person right away to do that uh, would be important. I actually like the piece on the um, on setting up a vault for passwords and keeping close track of your service agreements with uh, online stuff because it is, to some of us, a bit of a mystery at times, at least if you have control over the ownership of your data and the location of your data and, and all of that, you're far better off. I think it's important to make sure that you identify the risks in your own industry and have the chance to reach out to a few different folks and spending the time and the dollars for an hour or so of advice can actually, I know, I know it will save you in the long run because my job in our firm is to actually go in and fix things after the fact. And I will never be out of business 
<laughs> but I would like for people to come to me in advance <laughs> and, and spend a little less with the accountants, the lawyers, etc. So the things that I just want to reiterate, never scrimper <laughs> on is, is your accounting tax legal and make sure you say hi to an insurance advisors. I'm going to echo what Rita's just said, but one takeaway from the accounting side of it is the, the going back to that separating your business and your personal finances. I have to tell you, rooting through clients' records and you have to figure out what's personal and what's business and untangling that at the end of the year will always cost you more than if you just do it to begin with. Like if you want to save money, separate it, do it right, open the extra bank account, keep track of it it'll save you in the end. Yeah, that's great advice. And and here's the thing is you don't know what you don't know. We say that all the time is that when you're starting out, you might have a passion and knack for something, a talent, but yet you might not have a talent for numbers and you might not have a talent for website design. So those are things that you have to keep in mind is that when you have those conversations, things might come up that you don't know. And so that's important. The other thing is when you can't afford somebody or you have a limited budget, just be honest. That's okay to say, hey, I'm starting up. I I have a limited budget, but I've heard great things about your firm, Candice. I'd love to work with you. That's going to go a lot further than saying, hey, you know, I'd I'd like to work with you. And uh, I'm going to give you exposure to my, to, to, (laughs) to the worldwide (laughs) audience of my uh, non-existent clients. (laughs) And you get exposure for doing my uh, accounting for free or my marketing for free. That is not going to go over so well. So just go ahead and be honest and say, I have a limited budget. Love to work with you. Can we work together or can you uh, point me in the direction of someone else? And then you're going to end up with a much better result, I think. Okay. We love all this advice. And every time I'm listening to these amazing ladies chat about uh, these things, it makes me think, you know, what was it like when I first started? So for some of you who are in startup stage, it is important that we're able to look at our finances correctly, look at where we're investing in the business. For those who are further along, also consider some of these things. Maybe it's time to level up to the next level and find the right advisor. So with that, we end this podcast. We hope this gave you some serenity now. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up some good tips and best practices that would benefit your entrepreneurial journey. Remember, none of the content in this podcast should be relied upon as standard legal or business advice. Always consult a professional for your specific business. You may know someone who could benefit from this podcast. Please share it with your business community and perhaps it can give an entrepreneur you know some serenity now.